Carter. I'm with Jason Medberry, and you're listening to the Power of Purpose podcast. This is where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. And boy, I'm talking about acting and doing stand-up and whatever creative things that you love mm-hmm. doing. You know, Jason... That stuff is easy, isn't yeah. it? It's what, like, what are they? Uh, what's that old actor saying? They don't pay me to act; they pay me to wait. You know. Oh yeah. right. Because the waiting and the, the the everything that isn't acting is the hard part. The acting is the fun thing you get to do after you've done all of the other hard things. Uh, yes. Right now, I'm I'm living my dream. Mm-hmm. Um. And try not to turn it into a nightmare. (laughs) I have spent four years writing a play, and now I've decided to uh, produce Mm it. And and every day, it's like so much stress because even though I've hired a team and I have a PR person, it's like, well, what do you think about this press release? And then there's all sorts of problems with oh, yeah. it, and now I have to correct it. But meanwhile, I have to find, you know, work out how we're going to sell the tickets, and then it's COVID, and now they're telling me I have to buy COVID tests. And I just got up the other day and just screamed, yeah. and we haven't had our first rehearsal yet. It's tomorrow. Mm. And I started to think about it. It's like, this is too much. This is too much. But the truth is, when I think of performing mm-hmm. it, I go, oh, I can do that. <laughs> I mean, I know how to do that. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. And the actors and I will get together with the director and we'll have ideas. We'll be creative. But I get why people um, give up because... All this other minutia mm-hmm. is is soul sucking. Oh, absolutely. The devil is in the details, and the details is where the professionals live. I mean, that's the biggest difference between an amateur or hobbyist and a and a professional is a professional does all the work. They do all of the things that are required in order to achieve the result that they're looking for. An amateur or hobbyist, they only want to do the things that they enjoy doing and then skip the rest. Well, let me ask you something. Do you think there's a point where you are famous that you just show up? No. Right? You no. just you just no, you just show up and you get to do what you you know, God put you on this earth to no. do. God put you your purpose is I'm an actor or I'm a stand-up and when I'm on stage, I feel so alive. That's who yep. I am. Right. And is there a point where and I guess it's not going to happen to me because I've been I've been very successful. But is there a point where it's getting to that stage, uh, getting to that shoot um, is easy. It's like you just have to show up. I mean, come on, really. There's got to be a point in one's life where. It's easier. I would say that only happens at the end of someone's career when they're no longer trying to make anything more or grow anymore. And they're like, all right, I'm just resigning to the fun stuff I want to do. 
until I can't do it anymore. But anyone else who is a actual professional who is pushing forward, who's continuing to grow, who's continuing to create, no, there are no days where you just show up and everything is handed to you. Now, the type of things you're going to have to do are going to change based on the level of success you're at. What you'll find out is the more successful people get, the more they get less to the actual grunt work of doing things and more decision-making, mm-hmm. where they have to make a thousand decisions in a day. And suddenly it's like, okay, for some people that's way more exhausting than just saying, oh, I just want to sit and work on my script today. It's like, oh, no, no. The script writing stuff, that's your break. That's what you get to do over the weekend. During the week, you have to answer this call and that call and talk to this person and arrange this meeting and work with these people and negotiate this and talk to this person. It's just, and it's just, and, and everyone's looking to you, especially, you know, I think about like a showrunner on a TV show. A showrunner who is also the head writer is one of the hardest jobs ever because they never really get any time to write. They're reading other people's things. They're going to production meetings. They're talking to actors. They're reviewing director resumes. They're going to, they are, the part that they're supposed to be doing the most, being the head writer, gets pushed to the very, very back of the thing. And everything else is all the decisions and all the minutiae in between in order for the show to actually be something. Yes. And to, like, interviews and trying to promote mm-hmm. it and, and then you add in social media. I think some people find that fun. Yeah, some might. Um, some might, but it's it's all a time suck away from what your purpose in life yeah. is, which is to express your mm-hmm. talent. And so I am finding myself doing things that I'm not necessarily good oh, at. Yeah. And probably <laughs> a lot know, of things you this- hate. You just don't, you're like, I don't care if I'm not good at this. I just don't want to do this. <laughs> you're like, nope, sorry, get to work. <laughs> I find that 90% of my work right now is stuff I hate. Oh, yeah. I hate doing. And so it's, it's, it's weird because a lot of people really want success. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants success. Everybody wants to you know, make a living doing what they love. Mm -hmm. But I am kind of shocked. I thought it would be easier. Even at this late point in my life when I've done a lot of stuff, you know, I I mean, the corporate gigs are not as hard, Mm -hmm. but, you know, there is a lot of time. And and write if you're going to do a speech and I have to write my Mm -hmm. speech and I have to talk to you know the committee and ask them a lot of questions and then you have to go through all the minutiae of traveling and organizing your trap I mean I have never had anything where they just give me a date I find something to wear (laughs) and I slab some makeup on my face and I just show up you know it's it's always been you know working it hustling Mm -hmm. it um, wearing a thousand so hats, many elements. You know, there's a thousand hats you have to put on. You know, I, I always tell people that the hardest part of my job when we're doing video production is all the negotiation for the project. Like once I get a signed contract, I'm like, okay, the hardest part of this is over. Especially if it's like commercial contracts where I'm dealing with agencies, like that's a six, that's six, seven months of work and back and forth and phone calls and meetings. And, oh, well, what if we did this? And here's a different proposal. And here's the change on these numbers. And here's 
by the time we actually get the contract to do the shoot, I'm like, oh, good. Mm -hmm. Now it's easy. <laughs> now the actual work <laughs> is all we have to do. And then add COVID to oh, yeah. all of this where now, like, I had to get mm -hmm. up, you know, really early to get in line for a PCR test because we're going to have our rehearsal yep. tomorrow and have someone stick a swab way too deep yeah. in my nose. <laughs> Um, well, that was way too deep. I don't know what he was going with that. <laughs> but, um, you know, that was... And and then to calm myself down, what I do is I take the script and I just start walking and reading it out loud to remind myself of, you know, my why. Yeah. You've heard mm -hmm. of that. Uh, Simon Sinek's, yeah. you know you know, groundbreaking talk yeah. was it's not the what, it's it's the why are you doing yep. that? And then I reminded myself, oh, yes, this is easy. Yeah. This, <laughs> which is weird because the hardest part mm -hmm. of, you know, being on stage and doing it is really the glorious Part, yeah. but I think it's also the part that everyone very, talks yeah. about in shows. It's like one of the biggest misconceptions. People watch too many movies and TV and read too many biographies because on both movies, TVs, books about people, they leave out the drudgery because no one wants to read about the drudgery. No one wants to read about, you know, all the minutia and details they had to do. They just want to talk about the part that they're interested in, which is the cool stuff, the part where they're on stage, where people are laughing and enjoying the show, where people are celebrating you, where they're reading the reviews and everyone's talking about how great it is. They want to, they want to skip all the, the actual work because if they made movies and TV shows and wrote books about what it actually takes, no one would read them or watch them. They would be the most boring, aggravating things to watch. But so we fill those stories with all the glamorous parts and they don't realize that the glamorous parts are tiny. They're tiny compared to the to the drudgery, to the to the just the the constant work and the grind that comes before that. Yeah. Ask Lady Gaga what her fittings were like for the meat oh, suit. Yeah. You know, just stand well, there in some beef sirloin. I yeah, mean, I'll really, I'm a star. I'll give you a really good example. Uh, so uh, when I was coming up in stunts, there was a guy named Sam Hargrave. And a lot of people know who Sam Hargrave is now uh, because he was the first uh, unit director and stunt coordinator for the Marvel films for Endgame and all that stuff. And now he's the director of the Extraction films uh, with Chris Hemsworth. And uh, yeah, so, so basically... When I first met him, he was a part of a stunt team called Real Kick, which was a group of just young, hungry stunt guys, all from different backgrounds, who came together, started training and trying to sell themselves as a stunt team to productions, to studios. They were doing low-budget, independent movies, you know, whatever anyone could grab. But the interesting thing about Sam, because he, on top of being one of the most talented stunt performers I have ever met, the man is basically Gumby, um, just doing whatever, he found out that just being good at stunts wasn't anywhere good enough. He had to learn, okay, what other value do I bring to the team? So Sam learned how to shoot and edit so that they could shoot these pre-visualizations, is what they're called in stunts, of fight sequences so they could show people, hey, this is what we can do. And they don't have to like, oh, well, now come down to the studio and watch us. They could create fight sequence. Here's our fight sequence for Assassin's Creed. Here's our fight sequence for X, Y, and Z movie, whatever. So they could show people how good they were 
as with with something besides them actually seeing them in person. And Sam got so good at the videoing and editing of this stuff that he propelled the team forward. He got them all because he took on learning how to do two things that have nothing to do with stunt work at all. And but it gave them an element of what they needed in order to to maximize their success. And now, you know, he's a famous film director. And I'm sure he would have never gotten there if all he did was just train in the stuff he liked doing, the falls, the fight sequences, you know, the fire gags, the driving, all the fun stuff that us stunt, that stunt people, I keep saying us, I was a stuntman for years, but not anymore. That, but that's the fun stuff that we get to do. The hard part is the networking and the creating your own content and creating your reel and training in all the different things and learning how to like scuba dive and high dive and all the other things you have to invest in. <laughs> It's just like, ugh. But because he learned something that wasn't a part of his, you know, the joy, I guess you could say, he was able to push his career forward. He had the advantage over other people because he did that detail work. I always think that, um, especially actors, focus on that um, an agent is going to come in or I'm going to get a manager and that person will take oh, care yeah. <laughs> of everything for me. Yeah, that's that's everything for me. Um, I find that in my looking back in my career, of course, I've had many, many agents and many managers and <clears throat> firing and then rehiring someone else is kind of tantamount to changing the deck t- chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. You know, it's it's just going down. I I just um find that ultimately in the end nobody's going to care as much about your career as you do and no matter i i i remember i mean an agent um i remember when i i actually pretended to be my own manager and i developed a character who was ruthless in (laughs) representing me and you know any other agent like i I remember I, i made a call to get Judy, <laughs> Pam Keller was her name. She was like this, and 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 um, as Judy, I'm kind of like, oh, you didn't like my showcase? Okay, all right. Well, maybe I'll call you next year when I get yeah. better. You know, that's Judy. Yeah. You know, Judy's like uh, a pussy. <laughs> and Pam Keller was ruthless yeah. with me because I remember she was going. Um, uh, a guy said. Well, I saw Judy. I didn't think she was so good. Any other agent would go, oh, well, what about what about Rita Rudner? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They go down their agent list. No one's fighting for you. They just want to please the yeah. client, but not Pam Kill. Well, I don't recall setting up a showcase for you. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What do you do? Audition singers in, in the shower? <laughs> you know, she <laughs> she's trying new material, and that's why I believe in her. I believe in her. And I want you to hire her, and I, if you don't just love her, I'll give up ice cream for a week. That's how much I believe in Judy Carter. <laughs> and so Pam Keller had this, you know. And even it got to the point where I remember Dave, someone said, hey, David Letterman asked me, who's this Pam Keller that I'm hearing about? <laughs> <laughs> you could have had a wild career as, a, as an agent, as a shadow agent for people. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, you know, and it would get murky where people wanted to meet with the two of us. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I had that. bit difficult. I had that early in my business, too, when it was just my business partner and I. We would always talk about, you know, we have to go back to our offices and we have to talk to our team and whatnot. We didn't have anybody. We didn't have any offices. We were working out of our bedrooms, you know, doing what we could to, to, to land whatever deals. I mean, nowadays we've got that. But back then when we first started, yeah, we, there was all sorts of grind. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is, you know, I'm a firm believer that there are no silver bullets in strategy, only in systems. So if you think there's going to be that one thing that you're going to do that's going to make everything easier, that's not going to happen. That's, you know, it, there's, it's not there's not going to be some magic, you know, manager or agent who's going to show up and suddenly your career is on easy street. None of that stuff ever happens. That's all false. Don't worry. Don't even consider that. You may find a silver so, bullet in your uh, in your systems, though, like how you go about doing the work that you're doing. How you, you go can about definitely doing it. find. So I want to talk about some tips. Yep. I want to talk about, and I think tip number one is um, the willingness to do grunge yep. work, because Great. that's going to separate out who is who is going to be. How how willing are you to be successful? Mm. Right? What is your willingness? And does that mean you're willing to do this 90% grunge work that you might feel is beneath you? But, and how much time are you willing to put into yeah. that? I mean, many people on top of wanting to be successful in the business have to have a day mm -hmm. job. And <laughs> what are your hours? So that, those are your hours to work for somebody else. What are your hours to work for yourself? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's like really hard. We've had um, a lot of you love systems, and I've got some some many wonderful systems from you. And I think people can listen to some of the other podcasts that we've had on you know how to set a clock, <laughs> how to put your your task in front of you, how to go through them. The, those have been those have been really wonderful. So so I'm thinking like regular business hours of grunge work that go, that is on top of the work of either writing that script mm -hmm. <laughs> right it's it's beyond it's not that's the fun exactly. stuff that's the creative yeah, stuff you're, fi you're fighting for so the fun that's what you do you're fighting for the fun you're fighting for the fun because so many people you know, go, okay, well, I've written the script. And that's just when your work begins, you know, of lining up who you're going to contact, how you're going to pitch it, what's, you know, all of that yeah. stuff and organizing all of that stuff is really um Oh yeah, <laughs> the details. Yeah, that, well, that's, I mean, that's a great tip, being able to do the grunge work because you got to have that commitment and that, that, that ethic in order to make it happen. The second thing is, is you have to think about things globally. You know, it's not, you don't just write your script and then someone comes knocking on your door and says, Hey, that I heard you writing in there. Is it good? No, you have to sit down and look at, okay, what is, what is everything that has to happen in order for this dream or this goal to occur and you have to write it all out including the things you don't know how to do and trust me there's going to be a lot of things on that list that you have no clue how to do that you're going to have to go and figure out and 
if you only concentrate on one little tiny piece and that piece is something that you enjoy, you're just a hobbyist. You're just you're just an amateur. It's never you're going to yeah. you may be the most prolific writer in the world, but no one's ever going to buy anything or hear about you. It's just going to fill up a drawer because you're not doing all the other pieces that it takes in order to to you know, make the make the dream yes. happen. Yes, and there's hundreds oh, yeah. of them. There's and, and, and you uh, have to make yourself aware of those. Don't live in the dark going, well, I'll figure it out as I go. No, sit down and think, okay, what would it take to get, you know, my, my new show up and performing for people to see? What will it take to get my book ready? What will it take to, you know, start building a following on a social media platform to demonstrate my talent? What would that take? And write it all out. Yes. Because then you go back to that number one tip and go, oh, am I willing to do all of this work? Right. And am I willing to give up that hour of going into the TikTok yeah. hole, <laughs> you know, to... Can can I live without mm-hmm. that? Like because then it also means giving giving something up, which um, I, I I do believe that a lot of people really really have a dream of being famous, um, but they don't understand all the work that goes into mm-hmm. it. Nor do they understand one one other thing, which is kind of horror. This is going to be horrifying to many people. Is that a lot of famous people are Dirt broke. Mm. Dirt broke. Because I remember um, I uh, so, uh, somebody who was very famous, I don't want to mention their name, but um, they were uh, on a reality show. They were The Bachelor, mm. okay, one of The Bachelors. And um, he came to my office because he wanted me to write uh, a, a, a a speech he got a gig doing a speech and he wanted an approach mm-hmm. for it and so anyway the paparazzi was following him everywhere so there at my office outside wow. my office was all this paparazzi and he had written me a check for i think uh, 240 dollars that bounced oh. And what it is, is like it gets to a point where, you know, people go, I need um, a business manager. I need um, a PR person. I need, um, you know, uh, all, all of all, my trainer and my, you know, all of these people that they have working for and a stylist. I mean, the list goes on and on. TV does not pay you a lot mm. of money anymore. It used to be you could, boy, you you yeah. know, you get on something, you're rich. Now, you know, it's like <laughs> day wages. Yep. Uh, if you're, you know, um, especially reality shows even make you get your own lunch. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> they're really bad. Mm. They, you know, I think SAG minimum is $180 a day. Um, it's yeah. it's not that yeah, good. Yeah, no, it's not great. Um I think it's more than that it's now. It's not that good. I think SAG Ultra Low is like 150 and SAG Minimum is like 375 somewhere around there. Okay. But still, it's, it's, like if you're getting a guest spot on a TV show, you just made 400 bucks. You know? That's, yeah, and then I think of, a, you know, even very, very um, successful people like Sting, you know, who's – business manager because he hired a lot of people to take mm-hmm. care of drove him to bankruptcy yeah. because Johnny he Depp, ran off with thing, all his yeah. money and Johnny Depp and so many of these people go you know I need someone else to take care of everything mm-hmm. 
<laughs> no matter how famous you are, you can end up being absolutely screwed if your attitude is, I'm just going to get somebody else. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, in the end, it's you yeah. out there. And nobody but you can be responsible for your career. Absolutely. So my tips are, in this is just number one have the willingness to do the grunge work and get you know get over the fairy tale of yeah. someday my agent will come someday my manager somebody's going to come to care there has to be your unique overview of it and getting into the day-to-day minutiae and number two is actually creating a schedule mm -hmm. A schedule out. that you force yourself to do this grunge work that's just disgusting and horrible, and you will hate it. But if not now, when you need to do it. And three, know that only you are responsible for your career. For your special gift... Go to themessageofyou.com. That's themessageofyou.com and get your free one-year subscription to the Message of You University, which is full of lessons to help you find your message and turn it into a book, a TED Talk, or a paid speaking career. That's themessageofyou.com.